What's up, y'all? Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I am Kadadi Dak. The man on Ninja Beats is White Trash Ninja. Together, we are friends without benefits. And you have joined us for another titillating, thrilling radio midnight hour spectacular on BFF.FM. So sit back and get ready to be transported to another realm, another dimension, another universe of fantabulous bullshit and stories, some of which are true and autobiographical, some of which are total bullshit. We'll let you decide which ones are which, and we'll have a vote later. This week's topic, what is that buzz in the microphone? Shit, what is that buzz? Oh, there it is. There it is. I just have to hold that. Okay. Good. Uh, yeah. Here we are. Another week. Another radio show. Yeah. And, uh... Like a bee. Do we gotta start over? Uh, I think we have to start over. It'd just be nice to get this taken care of. Oh, hey, there we go. Yeah, that's better. Like, like there. Alright, yeah, so uh, last week we were talking about uh, bands that we were in, or covers that we did in bands that we were in. I think this week it is fitting to go back and play bands that we were in. And play the original material. Original songs from original bands. <coughs> yeah, unfortunately I do not have any Socks and Sandals songs left anymore. We had two, but they don't exist. What a single. <laughs> what a single. They were, uh, they were called Emotional Kid in Love. Oh, yeah. And try. Is that a, uh, that's an autobiographical one? Which part? Both of them. I didn't write any of the lyrics, actually. This was before my day of writing lyrics. Oh, I see. But we, yeah. But I will play you some Bowie and a Straw Hat. Well, I know that I am, I can't wait to hear that. Oh, we, I mean, I, I can't remember. Did I, did I tell the story about how we became Amish Rake Fight last week? You did. You did, uh, yeah. You use that one up. Um. See, this is gonna be something. I'm trying to figure out whether or not I should give the names of these bands. Well, um, Bowie and a Straw Hat, you're never gonna find anywhere. You see, and that's <laughs> is, like the bands that I have been in. At least, yeah, you could find probably all of them, remnants of all of them somewhere. And this could give away my true identity. Yeah. I think I that think we will keep it a bit of a secret. The most guarded secret, and probably I mean, more people know the Fort Knox codes to the vault than my true identity. I I believe that is true. I don't, but that's okay. There are there are a lot of people that know those Fort Knox codes. 
maybe two people know who I am underneath the mask. Well, but I digress. So tell me, what was the, uh, we sort of got into your first band and how it formed, mostly a cover band. When was the first original band? Um, the first band I was in where we actually like wrote songs and tried to make an album Yeah, was down when I was living in the uh, Monterey Bay area. Gotcha. I will also refrain from giving out our name, mm-hmm. but I, I will say this. Ooh, cryptic mess, cryptic hints. Um, this started out as a duo with my friend Derek and I. Derek and Ninja. Yeah, we, we were. We used to panhandle around downtown Monterey for cash, like we'd, pl- or I guess busk rather, not panhandle. We'd busk down by the pier, and dude, there were nights where we'd go home like with. 50 or 60 bucks to split between the two of us and when you don't have a job and you're still in college and you just made a bunch of money for the day like oh yeah just chilling downtown playing guitar and bongos Um, that's a fucking awesome feeling i would take that now yeah (laughs) if we went down to embarcadero and somehow made 50 bucks banging on bongos and being obnoxious i would uh i'd like that (laughs) yeah me too Let's be honest here. Um, but yeah. Okay. So that's... Uh, yeah, we, we it started with us, and then we eventually got a drummer, because um, one of my friends who was a really good drummer moved in across the street from me, which was handy. And then he wound up becoming my roommate, like, mm. a month later. So he moved all his drums into my house, and we became a band. And then we had a bass player who became my arch enemy in this lifetime like if uh, I saw this dude now I'd probably want to just punch him in the face yeah. some deep seated issues there but uh yeah we we had some great songs um Lucid Dream Practitioner was one of my favorites oh I didn't know you dabbled with that uh, uh, my, my singer was all about that kind of stuff. He was such a strange cat. Um, SF Streets can tell you all about him, too. <laughs> but he's all into, like, bodybuilding now and all this crazy stuff. He's all jacked and shit. He's just always just rolling with the flow on whatever he's into at that moment. Mm-hmm. And at that time, he was into, like... We had so many ridiculous songs, and the Lucid Dream Practitioner one was one of my favorites. But my favorite one was this one. We called it our Modest Mouse song, even though looking back, it didn't sound anything like Modest Mouse. It was more like a ripoff on an Alkaline Trio riff. Nice. And it was a song called uh, Day Has No Direction. It was so good. Just so good. <laughs> like one of the best songs I've ever written. We had another song on there called Love Darts, too. That was great. And that was another one of the best riffs I've ever written. Love Darts. No, it didn't go like that. Hey, we got the Love Darts. I could probably play the riff. Love Darts. I've been throwing those Love Darts at the board of love. Lean on me. You're trying to take credit for Lean on me. 
Kind of. <laughs> it kind of was a ripoff of his lead on me. What alkaline trio are you? No, 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 no. About? The other song was uh, an alkaline trio ripoff. Oh, okay. But no, I loved. We were like, this was when the Monterey Bay scene was mostly just like kids in college bands, mm-hmm. and we were one of those bands. Except half of us weren't in college, so we were fucking around in we Monterey were just, Bay. We were just around. Nice. But what? What about you? What was your first? I know most of your bands were original, but like, what was the first? I've never been in a cover band. Yeah, I get um, that. But what was your first, like, I don't want to say real band, but, like, what was the first band you actually, like, put your all into? Well, Talk I mean, that. all of them. But it just what the definition of my all was has changed, right? Like, the first time I was ever in any band, I was... 17 I think is like mm-hmm. my senior year of high school maybe it was I was 16 it was a year before that but I want to say that it was three of my friends um, Acacia Dylan and Levi oh, you said their names I said their names I didn't say the name of the band but I'll tell you one thing we sure made those nights hot um, <laughs> when we played but anyway, you're dumb yeah fuck you Anyways, we, uh, I remember, so what happened was, is, uh, Dylan and Levi were jamming, and I really wanted to be in a band, and they took a chance on me, because I'd never been on any band before, they're like, yeah, come Aww. on over, come on over, play, like, set up my drums, um, so I went over to Dylan's house, and we did one practice over there, and, like, that day, sort of got, like, two or three songs down, and I'll never forget the first song that I ever made on drums, ended up being titled dear god it's me listening <laughs> which i always thought was uh, oh shit <laughs> well yeah well we've both fucked up last week you did this week i did you're gonna have to go back i'm gonna have to uh, censor that censor shit. it yeah <laughs> idiot fuck like I said, more secure than the Fort Knox codes. Yeah, bullshit. Um, but yeah, it's called Dear Cadet, or Dear God, It's Me Cadet, Are You Listening? And, uh, <laughs> it, was, it was a good one. <laughs> and I remember, like, I remember recording, uh, we did, like, eight or nine songs for the first thing. And the recordings still hold up, in my opinion. Uh, and then just playing shows. And, like, I remember, uh, yeah, we had this place called The Meeting House. And it was outside of town. And you just had a chance that you could go out all over. Or, like, kids could come out. And, um, oh, thank you, SF Streets. Um, kids come out and you just put on shows. And it was fucking sweet and so to me that was like what a band was was totally go you play shows you play shows for friends and like wherever you could basements meeting houses whatever and uh yeah it was um it was fucking fun so that was uh that was where it started for me we uh we were very we were the weird band of the Cheyenne, Wyoming scene. I am almost surprised by this information. <laughs> well, everyone else was either like super 
pop punk emo stuff like save my hero shout out to jason joyce down in la um and uh what else was there is bernadette oh god bernadette screamo motherfuckers um oh the band was called bernadette yeah they're called bernadette there's a lot of screamo and a lot of like pop punk and so we were like this weird i don't even know what you'd call it um but we had a lot of finger tappy guitar and good funk grooves but rocking like female singer it was it was cool and it was so cool that we're gonna have to play a song or two for you now this one is uh, my first band and Ninja's first bands. Or wait, you don't have recordings of your first band, you said. This is the Monterey band. The Monterey band, yeah. What about them? I'm saying we're going to play them next. Oh, absolutely. All right. We'll play a couple songs by yours, a couple by mine. You've just repeated what I said because you were not paying attention. You're right. You were on fucking Tinder. Nope. I was actually reading a very important email. Oh, I'm sure is so very important. nice try. Read it aloud. How important is it? Do you really want me to read it word for word? We got time. I've got everything covered at this point except a security position on the second. Can someone please step up and fill it in? Please. Uh, yeah. Please twice. Ask him nice. And then we need that position filled. All right. Here we go. Our first bands.
fun. Right. So yeah, we can't tell you the names properly of those bands. Uh, no, we can't. Um, but we can't tell you their names. Um, we can't tell you their I names. I can tell you they were good. But if you like the songs. Just drop us a line. And we can uh, help Maybe you Maybe we can send them to you via online. By the way, if you do enjoy the show, hit us up. We've got a Twitter, at FWOB Band. We've got an Instagram, ninja underscore E underscore, or that's not E as in like English letter E. That's E like Spanish E Y. So ninja underscore Y underscore cadet because why not? Um, and yeah, let us know if you're listening and you uh, you want to talk to us. Hit it up on the social networks. Why not? Um, so yeah, so hit us up. That was uh, our first band. Now, what was the, what was going on with your second band? Yeah, it's that, huh? Um, my second band actually started out of complete and total frustration with your first band and something else that was happening in Monterey Bay at the time and that is this so let's just start by saying the bass, as I said before the bass player of this band was a real fucking cock stain uh, <laughs> he was a total douchebag horrible person and he lived in our house and he had a death sentence basically he had to move out by a certain date and he was the one who had all the recording equipment Mm -hmm. now sounds like a real douche my drummer and I had started a new hardcore punk project and we had recruited my friend Andrew to sing because Andrew had already been in a few hardcore bands and had connections within that scene down in Los Angeles. So we felt with the people he knew, we might actually be able to play some other places. Get a record deal. Or get a record deal. <laughs> Hellfish Records, that was the one we wanted to Ooh, fuck with. Hellfish. Hellfish Records. Swimming upstream. <laughs> Anyways, so we only had so much time to like finish these <laughs> tracks and get them recorded and we I think we had like a week and we had just found our bass player who is a nice local guy in the hardcore scene named Danny and we're like fuck it let's just record everything we had five songs written we'll just get it all done like I think drums took a day guitar took maybe a little over an hour bass took a little over an hour Vocals were the hardest part. They took like two days. But then we had an EP. Nice. It's called High and Dry. High and Dry. We took some photos. We played shows pretty regularly for about six months to mm-hmm. a year. Nice. And I loved that band. Um, all the songs were the same. They were all short. They were all super easy. There was no real like creative thought to them. Mm-hmm. But it was just because it was so simple and so like aggressive it was just fun it was super fun had a blast uh with those guys and the other way 
because I said it came out from other aggression. So at that time, too, I had been filming a music video, actually the first music video I ever shot for somebody, uh, for a rap group in town called Stupid Youth. Stupid Youth. They were, if you guys are listening, I'm sorry to drop the bomb. They were not that good. (laughs) Oh, Stupid Youth wasn't good. They were not very good. Um, But everyone loved them. I mean, it was like dubstep style beats with like that Mac Dre style rap, except they were like two white dudes and one Mexican dude. And they were going for this thing that it just felt so forced. And then they got signed to a record label. And this was all like within a few months time. And I came home from work one day and my drummer was sitting in the kitchen. And I was like, can you believe this shit? We were both freaking out. Like, they don't even like, we've dedicated our lives to music and they're getting a record deal for writing some song called Facebook Pimpin'. Like, what the fuck? And we're like, you know what? We're going to make this hardcore band happen. Like, we're going to do it. And that's, it was those two events and we got that EP done. It's fucking awesome. Nice. So what came after um, Are You There, God, It's Me, Cadet? Well, so after after the first band, like we were, it was a high school band. Um, and so Dylan and I had graduated the same year. And Dylan went off to Minnesota. Acacia was still in high school. Levi was in college. He was older than all of us. And I was off to college, and we were in the same town. So Levi and I formed our own band um, as an offshoot of the original one. Or is uh, there's originally a, a bass player, um, and we dabbled with doing like I tried to play bass, and he because he is a drummer too, like he is actually a drummer. Mm-hmm. But we tried to do a three-person band. It didn't really work out. So then it was just a duo, and that's where the beginning of my duo. Pro- every band since my first one has been a duo. So, um, yeah, it, this one was more, um, I'd say, straightforward rock, but dancey. This is where my idea of like, um, yeah, I want to call it disco, but sasscore would started to come in as far as my drumming style went um so this one was really fun like because uh levi who is my musical guru would come into the song or like come in with the songs and give me free reign on drums and i just sort of he'd maybe have some ideas for it but like his songwriting ability is fantastic and i loved it it's like mathy but straightforward i don't know so uh, that was that band, um, which was named after a Mega Man boss. I can tell you that much. Um, so yeah, that was that one. And yeah, I suppose we should get into playing a few cuts from those second bands, huh? Yeah. All right.
problem, see? I mean, everything was going good. And then some dumbass junkie. Dude, what? Wanna be sure we have some extra stuff? Ty told me about a guy holding some weight. But he ain't selling it! You worry so goddamn much, here, go fix yourself up with him. You wanna have to fucking wait around so much, and I wanna have to freeze my ass off in a fucking street.
uh, 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 oh. So when did you start your rap group? Much like Bowie in a straw hat, I did have a fake rap group with my friend Devin. We were called Freedom. Our hit song was called My TV Is Gone. It was about getting your TV stolen. And there was one lyrical stroke of genius where I said, well, I was rapping and then he came in and he said, Excuse me, but I hate to interrupt. This motherfucker was pretty corrupt. <laughs> I was in a rap group in college, though, called the SBC, which stood for Super Blunt Club. Ooh. That that I will uh, release to the public there. <laughs> Super in fact, Blunt I bet, Club. I bet I could get us some SBC tracks. Oh, no, I hope so. I'll find out right now. But I wanted to ask you this. Um, All right. What are some of your favorite shows you remember playing with? Dude. Some of those old bands. First band. Uh, first show I ever played with uh, So Many Dynamos and the Photo Atlas at the Meeting House. I'll never forget that show. Um, it was just... It was unreal, man. Like... Uh, it was so cool. That was great. Um, we played with... Um, what are they called? Not Pedro the Lion. Uh, Portugal the Man played in laramie wyoming at a house show played with them that's crazy yeah like before they were fucking anyone they came through laramie and played a house party with them like that was a sweet show um there's a band called rodemacher that would come through every now and then that was from fresno and fresno um they were a sweet band It's just like what I miss is house parties like because that that was what was so fun about it was you'd show up. It was, hey, we're here like, OK, so the show st- or like it was like shows at eight, which means like people started showing up at like 730, whatever. And eight o'clock meant like music was going. First band was on and everyone was fucking there. Like, and everyone knew, like, oh, we're staying here. We're staying here for all the bands. It doesn't matter who they are. Or, like, maybe if you didn't like the band, you'd go outside and you, you know, if you drank or smoked. Like, at that, at this point in time, I was still straight edge. I was not, like, a partier. So, if I didn't like a band, like, I would, you know, I'd, I'd just fucking suffer through it, to be honest with you. I was a trooper. I, was, I wanted to show support because I'm like, ah, well, you're up there doing it. Fuck it. Uh, unless it was Screamo. If it was Screamo, I was out of there. It's like, fuck these guys. Um, Biased. <laughs> well, I was. Uh, but that's what I miss. What about you? What do you, or what do you remember? Well, actually, you know, with the hardcore band, you were actually at my favorite show, which was that, uh, house, that party. house party. Oh, Evan! That was a pretty, night. Cr- pretty crazy <laughs> fucking night. Um, the band before that, though, we did have one show we played at a place in Monterey called Jose's Underground Lounge. And that mm-hmm. was, like, where you went for any good music locally mm-hmm. in Monterey. At least I always saw good shows there. Um, we played this one show there. It was actually on the night of LCD Sound System's final show. Mm-hmm. And I was so torn between going to New York and seeing that or playing this show. <laughs> uh, I, I think in the end going to New York would have been a greater experience don't get me wrong 
Uh, they got the DVD. Yeah, that's how I feel. This was great because it was the first time I ever played a show where somebody crowd surfed to my music, and it was this like little 14 or 15-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. And I just remember her like getting hoisted up, and she was doing like the coffin stand. That's the other oh. thing. It was like one of the only all-ages shows I ever played. And she did like the coffin, and she had like her little braces and tote bag, and she's like... Argh! And I just remember her getting like thrown on the stage feet first, like just landing right in front of us. And our singer was like wearing a fucking Viking helmet that <laughs> night and sunglasses. He always wore sunglasses, but man, it was quite a show. I had a lot of fun at that one. Nice. Th- those are good memories. But now we transition into current day almost. Like you have uh, one other band in between now and. Well, I had, I had two other bands between um, my oh, second one, one and um, no, so it was the band that I was in um, back in Wyoming, the last one that I came out here to San Francisco with, with my buddy who was also named Dylan, not from the first band, um, and we were a duo. We were originally called something, and we got threatened with a lawsuit with somebody who had the copyright for the name. And so we had to change our name. (laughs) Yeah, which I thought was fucking funny. Because they were like, what was even funnier about it was they technically had the copyright. Like, I checked it. Or or the trademark, whatever. I forget which one. Um, But, so I looked it up and I saw it. And then I started looking at, like, all their... Because it's, I think, still MySpace days and all that. Like, they they hadn't played a show in over a year. They weren't doing anything with the band. It was just, like, when you Googled the name of the band, uh, our band came up first. And, like, theirs, you couldn't find theirs. And so I don't think they were happy about that. Um, but it was another good duo. Um, it was a lot more poppy, sort of Pixies-ish influence. Um, and then through that, Buddy... Uh, who had lived out here before I met my other bandmate uh, for the last band I was in before this one and we were a duo uh, a punk cabaret duo and that was a lot of fun too Um, the only thing that I regret about that band is that we were we were great live the recordings we have are not good at all I, I I can't listen to them really, um, and that makes me sad because the songs were good, and and that's how we get to uh, friends without benefits for me. Yeah. Um. I don't even know what to say about this band. Me neither. Because uh, it's current. It's not retrospective, so it's yeah. it's it's a different feeling. I guess you asked earlier, like, was the first band that you've taken seriously or whatever? In a certain aspect, I guess it would be this one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess same here. Um, You know? uh, I'm not going to lie. I hope that I get to do this band for a very long time. And, like, I don't know. I just rolled the dice. Like, I quit my customer service job in hopes of being able to motivate myself to make this thing get off the ground so i don't know i'd say that it, it, whereas before everything else was this very pure diy um local band aspect this is 
the band that I'm like, well, you know what? We're going to keep that DIY mentality and ethos and do it as much as we can, but I'd like to be more than just a local band. You know, I want to really tour with this one. Yeah. Um, so to me, I guess that's like, that's a serious band. Is a band that is willing to go on tour. Like, that is a serious band. That's definitely the, what separates the men from the boys, as they say. Yeah, the babies from the adults. I don't know. Yeah, so I guess uh, we should probably play Friends Without Benefits song. We are these other bands. We are, uh, I will play one of the old songs from not the proper last band I was in. Um, but... Yeah, we'll, we'll play we'll play uh, one of my old bands and then uh, one of our songs and then wrap her up. Sounds good. Thomas is out there getting all the thrills. 
That was a uh, that was a deep cut of us, an acoustic version of Loyal Pawn, recorded back at the Blue Bungalow. Uh, we play it a lot faster now and, and louder. Louder. I'm now. always channeling motherfucking Patrick Stickles. What is that? He's the guy from Titus Andronicus. Patrick Stipples. That's a great name. Yeah, I took a great photo of him outside the Great American Music Hall once where he was like... Smoking a cigarette. No, he was... He was coming from his car, which was a Prius, by the way. It was a red Prius. He was walking into the venue and he looked on the ground and he noticed a sign that I had watched a homeless man drop earlier and it simply was a piece of cardboard that said miracles with a question mark at the end. And he picked it up. I was like, can I please take a picture of you with this? Nice. The stickles down. He was down till he was underground. He died. No, he's alive. All right. For that mm-hmm. sake, thanks for listening to all our shitty old bands, everybody. Speak for yourself. My bands were good. So were mine. They were still shitty, though. Thanks for listening to the progression of Ninja. E cadet. See what you did there. Uh, that's our Instagram. Check it out. We're gonna have a real sweet. Like honestly, I'm not one to really uh, do the Instagram thing, but sooner rather than later, we're gonna have a really sweet picture that pretty much sums up the Friends Without Benefits experience. Stay tuned for that. Um, but yeah, this has been another riveting episode of Friends Without Benefits Midnight Radio Hour Spectacular thank you BFF.FM thank you listeners thank you Ninja SF Streets thank me for recording this you are listening to Best Frequencies Forever can you read music? no you're hired BFF.FM colored light no sunglasses no light no sky leave a boy out on his porch with 